Campfire, a podcast, three dudes kicking it around the fire discussing the day's hot topics, their opinions, and all kinds of banter. Sit back, relax, tune in, and feel the warmth as the red light is about to turn on. And the red light is on, guys. The red it light's on. on. Give you the red light special. special. Baby. Uh, welcome, everyone. Episode seven, 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 seven of it's episode two of Campfire. season two. Technically, oh, okay. it is episode two. Thank you for reminding two. me. <laughs> yes. But we were, we were just talking before the red light came on about podcasters and Rush Limbaugh and Nick, you're wrong. Adam Carolla was the original podcaster. I, I would beg to differ. You're even wrong. Because I would go so far as to say Coast to Coast AM was the original podcast. I don't know. You might Wait. be on to something there. Coast to Coast AM was such a weird show. I mean, I used to listen to that when I was working night shift. Hell yeah, dude. That's when I was in the Air Force. And you would hear... All Some time. of the craziest call-ins. Now, wait a second here. You guys are talking about radio shows. That's They're radio Rush shows, is. but yeah. a podcast was originally a radio show. Mm-hmm. A t- radio talk. talk okay, radio. we won't get into the technicalities. Never mind. You're right, though. Same format, just different medium. You would argue me on anything. Yeah, I would. <laughs> but we we do still need to pay homage to Adam Carolla because he's sure. the first internet medium podcaster and has holds the record for like the most downloads or some crazy shit of his podcast ever. Huh. Didn't that know dude, that. That's cool. That dude's doing good for himself even now yeah. in this climate. Speaking of climate, it was cold as fuck. Heck yeah, it was. That, was, that was a little bit brutal. Um, I think I lucked out. I didn't have any troubles from it. Keith, I know you had some issues there with the weather. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. The lovely freaking old homeowner. So I'm a second owner to this house. It was built in the 50s. And like anyways, they totally hid above the cabinets the air vent for like an old stove vent that goes directly outside snow got all down in that and all of a sudden shit started leaking down in the cabinets i'm like what the hell luckily i took the cabinets and the vent down and lo behold big ass fucking vent pipe that has a huge five inch snow plug sitting on top of the cabinet nice jesus let's be let's be honest though that probably would not have ever happened had it yeah. not been for this freakish weather we just had. That's true. That's probably the, the probability of that actually happening was yeah, low but... until this storm hit. Yeah. Okay. Well, was this weather that freakish, really? Yeah, it was. No. Yeah, it was. Why? Record setting wind chills, record setting wind gusts. Like, we've yeah. never had sub-zero temperatures before. No, but not this early in the no, year. This is, 
oh, at this yeah, early in the air. And, yeah. and what you got to understand is difference. it was so widespread. It was yeah. this was a, a was storm wide. that affected the whole country. Yeah. Okay. I can it, pretty it, much the whole Midwest. This was a record-setting storm. Crushed it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a nasty one. God damn. You guys ever watched the the movie Constantine? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay, so do you know the scene when he has his feet in the water and he puts that cat in his lap and stares in the cat's eyes and mm-hmm. the, bo- the water boils hell. and he goes to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That scene where he's in hell and the the wind is blowing so yes. hard. That's what it looked like outside except not red, it was white. Yeah. It yeah. reminded me of that that scene in Constantine. The wind was blowing so fucking hard. Oh, man. And we didn't have shit compared to what they got out in Montana because there was a trooper who was caught in a whiteout, and he videoed the whole thing. Of course, they have cruiser cams and that stuff, but uh, it was insane watching the wind driving the snow straight vertically, I mean, straight across the road. That's horizontal. Horizontal. Yes, straight horizontal. (laughs) Was it right or left? You couldn't tell. (laughs) You couldn't tell. I can't tell. Sorry, go on. Go on. I'm I'm being a dick. Anyways, it it was uh, pretty fucking scary to think that he was caught in that because he couldn't see a thing. I mean, nothing. And the way the wind is out there, you could literally freeze to death five feet okay. from your front door because you can't see it. Yeah, it's uh, it was a bad, bad storm, and there were yeah. some fatalities. Uh, I don't know how many. I think last I saw was somewhere upwards of twenty-eight fatalities from this storm. Yeah. Well, did you guys see that- the uh, the cars and stuff that were? Left in parking lots alongside yes. Lake Erie and Buffalo. Yep. That shit Nothing was crazy. Else. They were encrusted in like a foot and a half of ice. Yeah. You could barely make out that it was a car. It was just brown ice. Yeah, I uh I saw an image just here a little while ago. Um, where Erie, Pennsylvania is still under a travel ban. And no they're just they're just barely getting one path cut down through the main roads, and there are just cars stuck on the streets everywhere. Well, yeah, it's up there, Erie and Erie Buffalo, over to Buffalo, they all they got, got they got that got lake it. effect, and it was yeah horrible. Eighty inches, I believe, is what they. And that's the second time, here. second time this year they've got eighty inches. <laughs> they just got yep. hit like a month and a half ago. Well, they just if plow that, it all into the lake and keep it going. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see. I'm, is Buffalo the snowiest place in the country? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I know there's places up in the UP of Michigan that get shit tons of snow. Like Munising. That's yep. right on the northern edge of the there. Upper Peninsula. That would get a shit ton. Maybe Green Bay gets a fuck ton, but they're on the western side of the lake. It'd be different being on the eastern side. Yeah, this has been a hell of a year for 
snow in Buffalo, New York, that's for sure. So it's, well, it's, uh, Syracuse, New York is number one. Now this is probably a couple years off. Erie, Pennsylvania is number two for the snowiest. Rochester, New York is uh, number three. Buffalo, New York is number four. And they are listing on average 95.4 inches for Buffalo. And then Flagstaff, Arizona is next at number six. And Anchorage. Yeah, they're way up high. Number seven. Flagstaff is very high altitude. So they get plenty. And that actually was published on uh, the 17th of November this year. So. Oh, cool. So. That, that might have changed. Bad. It might have changed a little bit after November seventeenth. <laughs> a lot of snow. I had to laugh. Um, the little, I guess you can't call it a ski resort, but the little ski lodge nearby here. Mm-hmm. Um, that Mad River. Two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, they didn't have enough snow, and they weren't open yet. Well, then the temperatures got cold there, and they were able to make snow, and they were open until Thursday, and they had to close down because it was too cold. And I'm like, come on, guys. It's winter your business or not, you know? <laughs> Do you yeah, think I don't know how many people would have been snowboarding in that, in that wind. <laughs> Maybe not, but still, does Vail, Colorado close down because it's a little bit cold? Probably not. No, I, I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. They were they were open for like four days and then had to close down. It went from too warm to too cold <laughs> real quick. <laughs> yeah, that shit was fucked though. So cold. Well, from my standpoint, even, right even I was where worried. We were at, I was worried. I mean, we didn't have that much snow, and that's a good thing for us if we had right. had more snow it would have been bad we only had like three inches of snow but all of that snow was in drifts anywhere it would catch is where it would pile up and where it was flat and open there was no snow the wind just carried it all away Mm -hmm. so i went out plowing uh, a little bit friday and a little bit saturday i did a lot of snow plowing and uh, 90% of it was all trying to get through drifts and move the drifts away from the driveway where it wouldn't blow back in. And that sucked. That drift snow is fine. It's packed, very dense, heavy snow, hard to move. I need me a snowblower on my truck. There you go. That's what I need is a fucking snowblower. You do need a snowblower because you have nowhere to put your snow. You're no, I don't. Be glad you don't have a bigger driveway, but I bet you all that shit just... I mean, did you have a lot of drifting around your driveway there, Joe? Only up towards the house, really. You didn't have to show it. Really wasn't even, it really wasn't even that bad. I think deepest drift might be a foot. Oh, shit. I've seen it much worse. I've seen it much worse. Even here, I've seen it much worse. But like you said, I mean, it this wind carried so much of it away. Mm-hmm. 
But we all But hey, it's to, supposed uh, to be 60 degrees this weekend. What yeah. do you think about that? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, that is Ohio. Uh, I'll tell you what worries me is all the livestock around here is going to be sicker than fuck. Well, people will get sick too. <laughs> people will get sick too, but people's already sick. There's some flu going around that's nasty. Oh, damn right there is. There is. And, and I do find it funny that all of a sudden people are getting bad colds and sinus infections and, and respiratory infections and flu again. And it's not just being called COVID anymore. Yeah. I'm going to say it because that's exactly what the fuck it is. All of these hospitals were making money off the government calling everything COVID. And they didn't give a fuck if you had the flu, COVID, or... <coughs> <coughs> arachnophobia or some shit you know they didn't give a fuck it was covid yeah thanks nick you just got us kicked off a of fucking youtube for this episode jesus christ spotify now too yeah jesus christ we just gotta yep there'll be a flag on this episode i'll tell y'all what since elon needs to buy spotify too i gotta tell you since you mentioned him but that's if I actually Somebody, get this uploaded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has Twitter turned into the wild, wild west? A little or bit. What? It hasn't turned we, into the wild west. It's turned into what it used to be. Fucking you, What truth. it should be. Let me tell you what. Okay, I didn't have a Twitter until now. Well, what, I got a Twitter just to see what was going on, I guess. Okay. And it blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't I don't think I'm going to get banned here like I would on Facebook. I can actually say what I want. Yeah. Yeah, you might be able to. I haven't tried it. I mean, I've said a few things on there. Nobody said shit. But it's the other stuff that I see. And I'm wait, like. Do you have, do you, are you following anyone? Do you it, have anyone following you? No. No, not really. I'm just getting on there and reading through comment threads on some of the bigger articles and things. Um, there was one today that was great because there's an article out there that says Joe Biden is uh, the most accomplished legislative president since Lyndon B. Johnson. I would hope so. By He's what been metric? In the fucking place forever. And. I said, uh, well, my first, my comment was like, uh, I'm sure this would include the 1994 Violent Crime and Prevention Act, right? <laughs> right? And then my comment was, they would only go, they would only say it goes back to Lyndon Bain Johnson, because if they went back any farther, they'd have to actually back Joe Biden up compared to John F. Kennedy. And they know they can't fucking do that. Right. But, you know, it's a crock of horse shit. Damn. I like. What you got there, Joe? The sea shanty is calling your name. I'm looking at yeah, I know. Uh, I was gonna say, are you watching SpongeBob? (laughs) Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? 
My laundry, yay. <laughs> no, I'm looking at weather models. It's going to get warm. Nice. I, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm warm. super excited for it to be warm and stuff because I got to fix this fucking vent. Yeah. And I need it to be warm. Yeah, I got some equipment. I got to wash outside. No kidding. And I, I saw this viral video the other day, and it's got this uh, oil driller, okay? Oh, works the oil wells. And apparently he was pressure washing something outside at like fucking 15 degrees out. And he said something, you might be tough, but you are not pressure washing an oil rig at 15 degrees tough. And I'm like, God damn it, son. There's tough and there's fucking dumb, and that's dumb. That is <laughs> dumb. Ain't doing that shit. God. Oh. But yeah, it looks like we're looking at uh, mid mid forties to maybe even sixty for a few days this weekend. Yeah, I saw fifties um, for at least two days. One day looked like fifty-seven, damn near sixty. Yeah. Probably Friday. Everything will melt, but, you know, where it's deep drifted and piled up well. Oh, it'll melt. It'll melt damn good. Man, I'm going to have a muddy-ass yard for this uh I do think it's going to... I think it's going to rain, though. Let me look at the thickness. Thickness. For everybody at home, Joe has been uh, spending time studying weather, and he's downloaded a lot of pretty cool weather apps and learning how to use the different maps. And he's become our amateur weatherman. And uh, he sure as hell ain't as pretty as some of our local weather women on TV. McCall Fried Eggs. He might be a little more accurate than they are. Might be. Probably not, though. I'm starting to realize that everything looks like you can predict the weather until the weather hits where you are, and then it does something completely different, and it pisses me off. Well, you got to be able to go back and remodel that and see where your modeling was wrong. Otherwise, you're just doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Well, as you said, I'm an amateur. I'm just helping you out here, brother. That's basic logic. I'm not in here writing down shit and keeping records and stuff. I'm just sitting here looking at models. Well, that's better than what I'm doing because I just, I use my uh, radar scope app and see what's coming at me right now. There's no, yeah, that's why I, that's why I kind of went elsewhere for my weather needs because these radar apps don't have models with them. Right. There's a lot of things I wish this weather app could do. 
that it doesn't. Now, I do like being able to switch through the different maps from uh, reflectivity to precipitation, yep. velocity. Yep. That I like that nice. dual screen thing you can do where you can look at both. You can look at the velocity and the uh, yeah. reflectivity. The tilt is nice. Um, and if you know what you're looking at on those maps, you can put it together and get a pretty good idea of what's going on out there. But again, it's only real time. You get no future cast. There's right. No exactly. There's, there are no, there's no modeling or anything like that. I mean, it'll give you, it'll give you uh, National Weather Service warnings and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's severe thunderstorm warning, tornado watch, whatever. But uh, that's the right. <clears throat> that's the extent of the forecast. Now, this is very handy for us when we're in the field, and you know it's the middle of the day. We want to know what's going on. Is this rain going to hit us? Is it going to go around us? What can we do? That's very handy for that. But trying to plan what's going to happen tomorrow. That's where I need reliable weather information. Yeah. So that we can plan ahead. And, and if I could just get a clearer picture of what weather's going to do for two or three days ahead of me, I could be a lot more efficient out in the field. What the hell? Again, every farmer in the world wants a crystal ball for weather. <laughs> I bet. I bet. What the hell? I'm having computer problems now. So while you're having problems with the computer, uh, did want to apologize. Everyone's going to probably hear this shortly after the season two, episode one gets published. Um, so I'm a dumbass and totally forgot my password to the USB drive that I'm using. And oh, uh, I had to hack it this afternoon. Actually, probably 10 minutes before we got on the, on the call. But, uh, yeah, it makes me worry also how easy that fucking was. <laughs> so I'm going to go forth and harden my shit for yeah, sure. Yeah, sounds like you should. But yeah, sounds like my... we probably all should. Yeah, I figured template it up and be like, here you go, let's go. Get you both off, or at least get Nick off Windows because I think you're on Linux, aren't you? Or are you on? Yeah, Windows? Uh, no, I'm on Windows, and he's on Windows I 8. Mean, me and me and wife have already come to the agreement that we were gonna need a new computer. It wouldn't hurt, this honestly. It's an old shit. one. But if there was some way to wipe Windows off of this and put Linux on it and keep running all this hardware. I do. There that. is, yeah. and it would be better, but it wouldn't be ideal. It is an old computer. How old is it? Well, it's got Windows 8 on it, so it's at least that old. The one I'm using had a Windows 7 sticker on it still. So. Shut up. Yeah. What, so, what have all of you done to turbocharge that motherfucker, though? It does have 16 gigs of RAM. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does it have the original motherboard? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, it's an i5. Nice. So I don't remember what what specs his laptop has, and I'm sure he has no fucking clue. I think he's got eight gig of RAM, which isn't bad. 
Might be four. If it's eight, dude, we can scream some Linux on there. Yeah. Dude, okay, so talking about Linux real quick. Like, so you're yeah. using, like, the user interface probably that Joe's using is GNOME or GNOME. Um, Genome. Genome. Yeah, exactly, man. And uh, I just found this one called Blast Off. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> The red light is back on after back on. technical difficulties. We left off at the genome. Yeah, this was not a technical difficulty, though, was it? Was no, it? This, this was human error. Was Don't it? blame it on the technical side. Oh, it was technical. It didn't warn me. It didn't say, hey, It didn't dumbass. warn me. It didn't warn me. Plug in yeah, your right, shit before it That's the same off. as running out of gas. And if you run out of gas, your ass deserves to walk to the nearest gas station. If you don't have <laughs> a meter or a way to check it, then hey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a meter or a way to... Okay. So, fair. If your gas gauge isn't working... You should have done the math. <laughs> yeah. But well, the people I know whose gas gauges don't work, they just put gas in their vehicle all the time. Yeah. Make sure, make sure it's full. Dude, I do it by the miles, and I also <laughs> do it by how long I have it idling when it's. Working. How many miles did your laptop just go before it died? Um, <laughs> it went at least twenty-three minutes because that's how okay. long we recorded. <laughs> Wait, oh, 23 shit. minutes on E. And I don't know how much power was in that battery because I had this on vac- or not vacation but work trip with me and stuff. Hey, listen. Running a battery out of power is not quite as bad as running a diesel engine out of fuel. True that. Because that's bad. And yeah. Oh man, this happened to us in the middle of harvest. And it was such a dumbass thing it pissed me off so bad when it happened but somebody had let a truck go low on fuel and brought it to the field and parked it there and didn't tell anybody it was low on fuel and it was a cold day so oh, it was sitting shit. there idling and it was also leaned in the ditch so it was only uh... out of one fuel tank so i get to the field jump in that truck and go to take off with it full and i mean as soon as i fucking put the thing in gear it died i bet so i get out and i'm looking at it trying to figure out what's wrong with it because it ain't got no gas in it well no my initial thought was it's got to have fuel in it it's always got fuel in it you know we have literally twenty thousand fucking gallons sitting there at the shop we've got fuel and as I'm uh, looking at it, somebody in the tractor pulls up and says, yeah, I know what's wrong. It's it's out of fuel. I said, well, how do you know it's out of fuel? He said, well, it was out of fuel this morning. What the fuck's it doing in the field? Sitting here running, and now it's out of goddamn fuel. We're 20 miles from the farm. We got to go back and get fuel. Now we got to try and start this thing. It's 20 degrees out. It doesn't want to crank over. We run the batteries, or somebody run the batteries dead trying to start it. I had to do your fuel filters and everything for it. One little stupid mistake caused all that bullshit. 
I was still lucky to get it started as quick as I did. Well, yeah, I reckon the longer you wait, the harder it'd be. Well, you just... Air gets into the fuel system in them. And that's well, yeah, you gotta bleed that shit out. Right. You'll be up there breaking injectors loose, trying to crank it over and bleed all the air out. Pain in the ass at 20 degrees outside. No, thank you. Anyways, that was a fun discussion. Watch your gas gauge and your battery gauge. (laughs) That's something I actually did when this storm hit. I made sure everybody was charging their phone. Everybody had flashlights. Yeah, we got candles. But still, I mean, I was I was kind of worried, like, oh, shit. Okay, my house is all electric. The power goes out. It's going to get fucking cold quick. Yeah. I know I had my kerosene heater ready. I, had, I bought more propane and shit for the propane heaters. It's ready. Yeah. yeah. Run my grill off the propane, too, if I needed to. I've got propane heat, but without electric, I have no heat. Yeah, so. most people don't have a control system for it. To, right. If you don't have power, you don't have shit. That's why I'd like an alternate source of heat put in here, a wood pellet stove or That's what I'm something. Saying. Speaking of wood pellets, I got awesome. me a smoker for Christmas, and I'm ready to smoke some shit. Oh, yes. I want to know about this smoker. Uh, I do, too. I have no fucking clue. Uh, It's a... What is it? A pit boss. Okay. Nice. Is it Bluetooth Pit boss 850. Yes, it is. Nice. Yes, it is. You have to be within a certain range of it? I think it's also Wi-Fi, so no. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. It depends on if, if the... If it'll, Keith, tell me if I'm, tell me what I'm thinking of here. I don't know the term for it. Um, it's connected to my Wi-Fi, but I can also access it from the internet <coughs> remotely. Yeah, it's an Internet of Things like, device. It's a what? Internet of Things device, IoT. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, That's what not I at all what I thought it would be called. I don't want a smoke control. No fucking clue. Dude, I have that to my thermostat, my lights. I have all kinds of shit connected like that. Yeah. Yep. Home automation. (laughs) Yeah, like my cameras and shit. I can access them from anywhere. It's the fucking cat's ass, man. I'm telling you. But you just think about the, though, like, it'd be fucking tough as shit. Honestly, if we didn't have this sort of stuff, we're so fucking used to this shit anymore. Cell phones and internet and being able to shit. Nick, you know what? I don't know. Keith, you might have one too. Nick, you know what I'm talking about with the iRobot fucking Roomba vacuum cleaner. You guys get that thing going yet? No, haven't even started on it yet. No shit. It's the cat's ass. My floor is nice and clean. 
I need to get one, dude. Dude, they're pretty cool. <laughs> pretty fucking cool. But to How think, long did it take to map out your house? Now, see, I didn't get the one that did does that. Okay. Because they didn't have that one where I was, and the only one they had was yeah, just a, a not as advanced model. But it's still, even though it's not mapping out, it knows how to follow a line and then turn a corner afterwards and make its way in and out of places. And it covers the whole fucking house pretty much. As long as you don't have a bunch of shit laying around, you know, shoes off the floor beside the kids door and shit up cords. Yeah. Kids can't be leaving shit laying around and stuff that can fuck stuff up. But so what's going to happen when it finds dog shit? Oh God. I don't know. We don't, typically have dog shit in our house because i'll fucking burn the place down with everyone in it but (laughs) it's pretty horrible when they hit dog shit though from experiences from my sister it just like Uh, spreads it and no cakes inside the machine and oh god throw it away yeah I don't know. I keep looking at it, but like, really, mine would only be able to go in my living room and my hallway. And then, like, yeah. Honestly, dude, it has made a world of difference in how I look at my my house. I never realized how dirty my floors were and how much I hated it until they were clean all the time. Like, seriously. And I, I really only use it in the living room little bit in the kitchen and down the hallway and stuff because the rest of the house has carpet i don't know do, do they do carpet yeah they do carpet. yeah they'll do carpet yeah but they can transition between the two also it would it would Holy be a feat mind. to get the kids to keep their rooms roomba friendly <laughs> well, yeah. well and <laughs> that's a problem that's a problem mom and dad had down there because you know, they have the girls there a lot and my kids and all kinds of shit around and it, it just wasn't working for them. Yeah, the more cluttered, the the more useless a Roomba is, I think. Right. But to think, we got all this fucking cool shit, Roombas, that I can access from anywhere. I turned the Roomba on when we were on our way to Columbus the other day. We were driving in Urbana and I pulled my phone out and turned the Roomba on. And the wife's like, oh, shit, you can do that? Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can do that. I have not messed with this one at all yet, but it's supposed to have the advanced AI and mapping controls to it. Yeah, it it'll learn pretty... learn the lay of your house. Yeah. Yeah, and it always it, – this one does say it always cleans in straight lines. So it's it'll learn – the whole house, you can map it, and uh, it's supposed to have 10 times suction power than the previous model. So if you're pretty happy with the cleaning on yours, this one must do better. Uh, well, guys, just just for the, the young men listening right now, this is a bit of life advice. This is how you pick your successive girlfriends. Find one that has 10 times the sucking power. Of the previous one. Exactly. Then once you reach a plateau of like three or four that are up there, that's that's the Marion. That, that's where you marry them. Yeah. Oh. 
I think that's a Jordan Peterson thing. It's in his 12 rules for life. <laughs> he did. He does have that uh, uh, documentary out there right now about marriage. And I think that's like chapter two. Yeah, it is. Because most guys may not know this, but when you get married, um, blowjobs become extinct. They do. With a fucking quickness. 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 Goodbye, blowjobs forever. Yeah. Yeah. And then I go and get this big gut on me and, you know, put the nail in the coffin forever doing it myself. Wow. Wow. Yeah, man. So, wow. I was just uh, been... nice segue. <laughs> yeah, this is my segue. It's real life, man. We're just kicking it. There's apparently a crisis at Southwest Airlines. You guys yeah. following any of this? What's new about that? Loosely, uh, you know what? I never had a bad experience with Southwest, and I flew them quite a bit for several years never an issue so i don't have anything bad to say about southwest but uh yeah there's all kinds of rumors going around it's pilot disputes uh, i'm hearing that their computer system has absolutely crashed and there's not shit they can do about it well but, long story short nationwide terminals are full of passengers that can't go anywhere until maybe next Friday. They've been stuck there for two or three days already. Jesus Christ. The the air crews are stranded there with them. There's pilots willing to go and fly, but I guess the computer lockouts won't even let them start the fucking aircraft. Jesus. Not to be all woo-woo or whatever, but that kind of sounds like a little bit of terrorism, maybe. From what I'm hearing. Or a cyber attack somehow. They can't, they don't even know what what aircraft are where, what air crews are where. They have no control over their fleet whatsoever. Jesus. They had over 2,500 flight cancellations just by the afternoon today. And it's going to be just as bad tomorrow. And it was saying United. So they were also saying that there's roughly around 2,900 nationwide. So in our continental United States. But they're saying that United, JetBlue, Delta, and American Airlines are only reporting around the 0 to 2% cancellation rate. Yeah, I saw Deltas at like 200 cancellations and uh, American or whoever the other one there was, was about the same. Well, yeah, we know, we know uh, some of some folks that were going to go out to Tucson and uh, watch that uh, OU Wyoming bowl game. And now they're not because of Southwest dropping the ball like this. Well, yeah. 
it's fucked. I'd be madder than hell, especially. I mean, at least they didn't fly out there and then not be able to get back. There's how many people stranded thousands of miles from home because of this? Yeah, it's bad. There's people who are needing magic medication. There are mothers with young children. They're stranded in an airport. Could you imagine trying to feed children at airport food prices? You don't need to take out a third mortgage. Well, I hate to say this because, like you said, Southwest, I've always heard good things about them. Good crews, good prices, decent flights. I've already heard that there are lawyers at the uh, airport in Las Vegas walking around talking to Southwest passengers. Yeah, that's a lawyer's fucking paradise right there. Low-hanging fruit. (laughs) Dude, okay, so today they're accounting for from the New York Post is saying that Southwest canceled around 85% of their flights where Monday they accounted for 53% of the total. Wow. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Hey, hey, Nick, you know you're on camera, right? (laughs) Are we on camera? (laughs) No, we're not on camera at all. Oh, never mind. (laughs) This is podcast only for right now, man. Right on. Jesus, you could have muted that. I thought I did. No, you totally didn't. Nope. You didn't even well, try. Don't lie. You no, I did. I waited it. to hit the button until after I burped. Until after you burped. That's right, right? <laughs> Jesus. Well, it's all good, though. That's crazy, though. The Southwest. Yeah, I had no idea, but I've always heard bad shit about them. I've have never you? had a yeah. problem. I've never flown Southwest. Their boarding process is different from everybody else. It's all like general admission seating. And um, you can pay money to get your boarding number bumped up so you could board earlier, get a better seat or wherever you wanted to sit. Um, But other than that, it's... uh, you check in online 24 hours before your flight, and that's how they put you in line for your boarding pass. So the quicker you check in online, the higher your boarding number will be. And uh, I always tried to get you know a higher boarding number because I wanted to sit right next to the emergency door because that's the spot on the plane where there's not a seat in front of you and you get all that extra leg room to stretch out. Yeah, I hate yeah. being on long flights for that That's reason. That's what I always did. I never had a problem with Southwest. Their flight attendants are always pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, I've, and, I've uh, seen and heard about that too. You know, I always, I don't know if they do this on other airlines because it's been a hell of a long time since I ever flew another one. But the pilots stand right there and watch every single passenger get on the plane, say hello to them. I've never oh, flown Southwest, but I've only flown Delta, American Airlines, and United. I like Delta the best, and they do the same thing. Okay. Do they really? Yeah. Cool. 
I hate flying, but why? It's, I don't. I, I your branch really that you served. But wait, let me, be let in me contrast. <laughs> no let kidding. <laughs> I was just thinking that exact now, same thing. You're right. Just, I was in the Air Force, and I flew a lot when I was in the Air Force. I felt like I lived on the plane mm-hmm. at times. And I never, ever had a problem getting on one of those birds and taking off. I never once worried it was going to crash. I never once worried about the pilots. None of that, because they were U.S. Air Force, and I knew every single person in the Air Force was the absolute best in the world at their jobs. And those were the best maintained aircraft by the best trained people in the entire world. I had absolute trust in that. Okay, implicit. And I just don't have that with commercial airlines, and that's what it comes down to. You don't know the mechanics. You don't know the bird. So the complicity you don't know the pilot. made you soft, is what you're saying. <laughs> Even when I was in the Air Force, I hated commercial flights. <laughs> Fucking hated commercial flights. I'd much rather have a commercial flight than have just a taxi driver. Just saying. I've feared for my life way more in a car being driven by someone else than than an airplane. Well. Yeah, I think I do too. I guess I haven't rode in a cab all that much aside from my visits to Vegas. And... I'd still have to disagree with that statement. But, yeah, no. Let me back that up. Because I've rode with some people who were just shitty drivers, and I feared for my life in a car far more than I ever Oh, yeah, me too, dude. Me too. But, you know, the roughest landing I ever had in my life was on a military plane. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was... It was bad. You know, on a commercial flight, they tell you, hey, we're going to start trying to land and we're going to be descending. Why don't you sit down and put up your tray tables, buckle your seat belts just in case. We don't know. That don't happen on a military flight. (laughs) You just start feeling it. (laughs) You're just, you're standing there playing a game of euchre with the guy sitting across from you because you're, you're packed in there like sardines, really, sitting on a cargo seat and uh, cargo net seat. And uh, you can barely hear over the roar of the engines, right? And <laughs> it's not like there's a lot of sound dampening on these planes. No. So uh, all of a sudden, that plane drops. Okay, and I mean fucking drops. But I think and they do that purposely, don't they? <laughs> I don't know if they do it. No, this was not intentional. This was rough, okay? Okay. And 
I just remember watching the cards floating in the air as my head bounced off the ceiling of the airplane. And then I was slammed back down into my seat. And I immediately reached down, grabbed that cargo net, buckled myself in. It was five point harness on that, by the way. Buckled myself in and reached down and grabbed that cargo net and just held on. And the next 15 minutes were a ride. It was up and down and crazy. We got down to the ground and um, there's only one window on the plane. It's a small round window, probably 10 inches in diameter. And I could see out that window while I'm holding on for dear life. And uh, I could see we were swaying side to side in the wind, but looking out that window, all I could see was sky. And then I'd see the tree line and then I'd see grass and then tree line and sky, tree line and grass and runway. And I'm like, holy fuck. And somehow that, that pilot bounced it off the runway only once and put it down. But we did bounce back up in the air once. I was never so Jesus. glad to be on the ground in my life. Yeah. God damn. I've seen little Cessnas bounce, but I've never seen a big fucking. This would have been a KC one. This was a KC one thirty five Strato tanker that was empty on fuel because we had just flown across the fucking Atlantic Ocean. Damn. That'd just be insane to see, let alone be inside of it. Be like, thunk. Would that be the same uh, tanker that would service, would have serviced the SR-71 Blackbird? Did you watch that that video I sent you, by the way? Yes, it would. The KC-135 Strato tanker was the aerial refueler of the Air Force for 35, 40 years mm. It was a long time that thing was in service. So most definitely, yes, it would have. But it's funny because the strato tanker would probably have been at max altitude while the Blackbird was at minimum altitude. <laughs> probably minimum speed, too. Right, right. Minimum like, speed, yeah. It's about to stall, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Now, as impressive as it is watching them uh, mid-air refuel a, a jet or a plane like that they do that shit with a helicopter too and that shit's even more amazing because they got to miss the fucking rotor prop you know and there's a lot of jet wash coming off that rotor but wait they reef they can refuel a helicopter mid-air yeah holy fuck these big ones they do the Super Stallions and some of these big Navy... Chinooks and shit? Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. How the fuck do you do that? Uh, Well, I mean... most Come of up from underneath somehow. It starts by having insane people to do it. You gotta be yeah, a little these bit people crazy. are nuts. These you people are be... nuts. Oh, yeah. All of our best American heroes have been absolutely batshit fucking crazy. Anybody willing to <laughs> land a fighter jet on a moving aircraft carrier in high seas at night is insane. Absolutely. 
That is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. 100% it is. Oh, man, you talk about nerves of steel. Yeah. And that's that's what I liked about that video that I was referring to earlier. Did you end up watching it? No, that... I, I need to watch it. I'm probably going to watch it here tonight yet. Um... So for everybody listening, Keith doesn't know about it. I don't think I sent it to you. Um, uh, Major Brian Shul from the Air Force. Uh, just total fucking badass. Now he's, you know, he's done everything from flying A-10 sorties to being 90,000 feet in an SR-71 Blackbird. This dude has got stories for days, and he's he's a motivational speaker now that he's out of the Air Force. And honestly, it's funny because he's a motivational speaker and a photographer that takes pictures of, like, butterflies and flowers now. <laughs> total badass. Yeah, total badass. Gets out of the Air Force, and now he's a motivational speaker. <coughs> taking pictures of butterflies and telling stories about why his face is so burnt up looking. It, he Dude is cool as shit. Yeah. For everybody, anybody that cares to check it out, go listen to Brian Shule. Last name is S-H-U-L. He's got some good stories. He, he does this one where uh, it's called Speed Check. They're flying out towards the West Coast. And uh, they come up on, uh, I think, Las Vegas Airport in that airspace area. And uh, they hear a Cessna ask for, oh, uh, they, Cessna asks the tower for uh, ground speed readout. And it's like, oh, yeah, 90 knots, nine zero knots, you know. And then there's somebody else in a little bit bigger, faster plane asking for a ground speed readout. And it's. 160, 160 knots. And then just so happens that day, there's a, a hornet coming out of Beale, coming up over the mountain. Tower, can uh, we get a ground speed readout? And it, uh, ground, uh, the tower's sick of this bullshit, right? And it's fucking Friday, but they got to say it. They got to do what their job is. Uh, ground speed readout is six forty six four zero knots, and then you've got Brian Shul and uh, his co-pilot. I think his name is Walter. Uh, flying in that same airspace, and he talks about how you know he shouldn't do it, and he's reaching for the the mic. He's feeling like a twelve year old because he's immature and just wants to flex nuts. And he decides not to do it, and then he hears the click of the mic from his partner in the back of the plane. Las Vegas Tower, can uh, we get a ground speed readout here? <laughs> it's something like 1,992 knots. And nobody says a fucking word on the radio, except the co-pilot in the back that's got control of the radio. He says... Thank you, Tower. We actually are reading closer to 2,000. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Have you ever heard the one about um, there was an SR-71 Blackbird that was making a low-level camera pass over top of North Korea? 
okay? And this was some years back. And they got fired upon by a Russian SAM site. That was him. That was him. Yeah, he tells he, he just hit the throttle. This. He just hit the throttle and he outran their fucking missile. That's yeah. That was the, the plane goes dude. faster than the missiles. Yeah, that the plane they fire goes. At. Yeah. That's yeah. just fucking badass. And that that right there is why the SR seventy one was never once never once took a single round. Never. All the planes they had, which weren't very many. I think it was like 80-some. We had like 80-some of those at one point. Isn't that crazy to think of? Those are like, that's those even a lot for a Blackbird. But, yeah, not a single one ever took a round. They were too fast. Shoot a, shoot a bullet, shoot a missile. You can, you're not going to catch it. We're reading a little closer to 2,000. <laughs> you gotta watch that video dude dude dude's good at his job as a motivational speaker and a, a storyteller can you guys hear me i can hear you i can hear you okay. just fine dude do you have can you hear me sr72 yet tower radio check sr72 yeah Actually, they've taken the technology that they use there and put it to work on other birds, and you can you can see it in our other birds. Um, and the first one was the B two bomber, because if you look at the B one bomber, the SR seventy one Blackbird, and the B two bomber, there's a bit of a progression there. The B one bomber, the SR seventy one Blackbird is a more streamlined B one bomber. Okay, it doesn't have the size that a bomber needs. It's more streamlined, but then they took a lot of that speed. That's all there is. It is. It is. But you can see a lot of the same technology was pulled over into that B2 bomber. The way the leading edges are and things like that, there was there was some stealth capabilities to the SR-71. The beauty of it was. It wasn't all in the speed. It's that radar. It was Signature. hard for radar to pick up that bird. Yeah. Of course, it could also fly extremely high, and that helped. Yes, but it, it did. If you take that to the next generation aircraft and you look at this new F-22 Raptor, it's got a lot of those same leading edges. Yeah. So and you it's can stealth. see... You can see the evolution of these uh, airframes and the, the the stealth technology being put to work on these aircraft. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, I mean, com- the B two has a, a radar cross section of like a pigeon. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because the the Raptor, the F, uh, the twenty two F twenty two Raptor. It's got a bigger cross section, radar cross section, than the B two bomber, which is how many times bigger than the Raptor? Yeah, they're um, right beside each other down there at the Air Force Museum. You can yes, they are. Like God, they're sexy. And then you look 180 degrees that way. There's the SR seventy one Blackbird. Holy fuck! It really is a thing. Keith, I stand corrected. Yeah, dude. 
the SR-72 Son of the Blackbird. Hypersonic. Oh, it's a UAV. That doesn't count as... I don't believe in drones. It's because it goes between <laughs> everything. It doesn't... It goes so high, it's in outer space yeah. part of the time, and then it drops back down. So you, you would have to be in a suit the whole time, like a heavy fucking suit. It looks sexy. Dude. I mean, th- those Blackbird uh, pilots, they, they wore spacesuits. Yeah, but this one yes. doesn't have to be bigger because you're actually <coughs> reaching well, past that. They were flying in the stratosphere, right? Mm-hmm. No, they, I'm serious. They were wearing the same suits that the astronauts on the space station were wearing. I know, but they were flying clear up in the stratosphere. Oh, absolutely. They were 90, 95,000 feet. 95,000. And for reference, your average commercial flight is 30,000. 30. Tops. Well, they might get up to 40,000 if it gets rough and they need to get up over stuff. Military flights are usually 40,000 to 50,000 to yeah, stay above go. all the commercial traffic. If I take the infographic that's on the back of the airplane seat, as correct, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've been up to thirty-five thousand. Okay, with one, one of the flights, but yeah, definitely thirty thousand for sure. I couldn't tell you yeah. how high my highest flight was because it was probably a military flight. Oh, for sure. And you don't know. They don't fuck. No, as you, you said, don't, they don't fucking tell you. It ain't. Just shut the fuck up and sit there until we land. Right. Right. You don't. <laughs> You don't even have a fucking bathroom, and you're here for the next 12 hours. Sit down and shut up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, all you can do is stand up or sit down. That's about it. I did get the opportunity to go back and lay down in the boom operator station, and that's it. You lay down on your stomach. And it's a big glass bubble looking straight down underneath that aircraft. It's like there's nothing beneath beneath you. That's pretty cool. It's, I bet that's uh, a weird feeling. It is. It's very disorienting. You can yeah. feel like you're falling real quick. But uh, it, it, it was interesting to just stand there and watch them do a mid-air re- refuel. Seeing the boom operator fly that thing out there because there's somebody actually flying that boom. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they're communicating directly to the pilot in the uh aircraft being fueled. So, the crazy person, you mean? Well. I mean, they're all fucking crazy. It's actually. all got to have an element of crazy to it, man. I mean, I rappelled down a rope out of a helicopter. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, speaking of crazy people who served our country, Keith, do you want to talk about Jocko a little bit? Because it's funny. He, I think you're on mute, Keith. But, uh, Jocko's yeah, that, uh, Jocko's crazy, but one of the least crazy people I know of. Totally, man. Yeah, so I, I mean, I I've been listening to Jocko's podcast, and especially when he's been on the Joe Rogan Experience and all that. Yep, um, same, same. So, but real quick, real yeah, quick, just so everybody knows that we're talking about we're talking about 
Chaco Willink. He's a retired Navy SEAL commander, I believe. And dude's just an all-around badass, good person, has good stories, good life lessons. So, so yeah, he, he's gained some notoriety, like Keith said, with Joe Rogan podcast and his own podcast and his books and stuff. Go ahead, Keith. Just yeah. wanted to let everybody know who he was. Yeah, and I think one of his uh, latest podcasts, he's like on 300 and something, so he's pumping out some some good content and everything. There's a little bit different than like some of the other podcasts that you could listen to and stuff, but it's yeah. really good. I know one of the things that I'm looking at is, is a Discipline Equals Freedom Reset Challenge starting yeah. in January, where you just kind of you know, set up some good habits and stuff and everything else. And I like this idea. It's always it's... the kicker in the beginning of the year, man. Yeah. You know what? This is I've what been, I've been looking uh, for, really. Yeah, I've been feeling like I need to do something like this. It's really been on my mind here, especially the past month since we come out of harvest. I was kind of talking to Joe about it the other day. How I, I, I want to kick out the nicotine, cut back on my caffeine, um, and just just try to kick some bad habits out of my life. I guess would be a better person to really. yourself. Yeah, some self care, I guess. Yeah, some self care. So this sounds well, right up that alley. If I can connect Jocko with Jordan Peterson, one of the things Jordan Peterson likes to talk about is. Uh, I think it's one of his 12 rules for rules for life where uh, essentially you should take care of yourself as if you were in charge of taking care of someone else. Exactly, man. And, and that's kind of what Jocko's about too. He's like, you know, set up a routine, set up a, a strict schedule and follow it. And just that in and of itself will do wonders for your your state of mind and the the feeling of fulfillment in your life we as men and patriarchs of our family you said the bad word well i don't care that's what you are you're the patriarch of your family i agree i agree (laughs) Um, whether you're the primary breadwinner or not i know both of you and myself there's a role there that you fill and it's a very selfless role and we will deny ourselves so much in our lives so that we can provide for our families, for our wives and our children and others around us that we care about. Mm -hmm. And it is so easy for men like us to just whether you forget to do it or you just don't do it, you don't take that time for the self-care. You don't do the things that we should do to make sure we are of sound body and mind. Uh, yeah. and I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Well, and furthermore, it, we are but humans. And when we feel the weight of those responsibilities bearing down upon us, not only do we neglect ourselves, but we, sometimes tend to do counterproductive things like me i drink too fucking much and i vape nicotine it's both are fucking horrible for me yes so it's not not only the lack of self-care it's the 
overabundance of harmful habits and behaviors. I, I have to agree wholeheartedly. So what's this, what's Jocko got going on? What's this challenge entail? So with the challenge, uh, what you're looking at, so there's actually like a chart that you can fill out, like a behavioral chart, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I laugh because I used to do those with the kids with chores. <laughs> um, but there's one like, uh, wake up before the enemy. You know, uh, get after it, prioritize and execute, hydrate or die, fuel, sugar-coated lies, back to the book, and remember. So it kind of breaks down a little bit on each one, you know, like the wake up early. You want to wake up early enough to accomplish something before the day starts, like work out, shower, do a chore, project, something like that. You know? Keith, Keith, I'm going to interrupt you. I think all of those were self-explanatory, except sugar-coated lies. Jump to that one. Okay, what let's does jump that to that. Mean? Sugar-coated lies. Is, my interest. Did you avoid junk food? No blatant sugar, oh, which shit. is like cookies, candy, donuts, sugar, coffees, etc., kind of thing. Oh, that was would, that was not at all what I thought he was going to talk about. I tell you what, I would include in that one is uh, the sugar-coated lies that you see when you're scrolling social media. <laughs> All those juicy clickbait headlines just scroll right on past that. Oh, yeah. I guess that is just as poison as uh It is. That's sugar in your brain. Diabetic. Yep. Yeah, man. God, Nick, you are deep. Yep. You should write a book. Fuck that. <laughs> you should start a podcast. Me. I'd get sued. <laughs> Shouldn't take me in public, folks. Oh, fuck. Well, um, I think it's a good idea, man. I mean, uh, I've heard yeah. quite a bit of Jocko's stuff, and he has literally never said anything that I don't think is at least sensible, if not 100% correct. Agreed. Like, and I have in my older years tended to gravitate towards guys that unapologetically speak the truth. And, uh, you know, I'm not like hero worshiping or even, I mean, maybe I am, I don't know, or, uh, idolizing popular figures, which I think is usually generally a bad idea to do, but I th maybe that's just because the popular figures we've had for the past 40, 50 years have been, degenerate amoral pieces of shit fuck you clint eastwood is an icon okay there are outliers <laughs> but for let's think about this let after after the 60s we have done nothing but worship hedonism mm -hmm. it's true instant and gratification it's the mainstream. So I think it's a, it's a breath of fresh air to hear some hard-nosed prick motherfuckers get on TV or their podcast or someone else's podcast news interview and say what they think and back it up. You know, um, Teach men how to be men. At different points in my life when I guess 
things got hectic or spun out of control. Um, and you guys know I've gone through some shit there, but yeah. I would do as we all have. I would do what I call I put myself back into boot camp, and I would just I'd have a very regimented life that I would lead waking up early in the morning, make my bed, um, just little things like that. I started going for runs and, uh, for, and it usually be like a week or two. I would just, like I said, live a very regimented scheduled life. Um, and oftentimes it was little things like, you know, just, I guess you setting yourself on this schedule, holding to this schedule and accomplishing a, a certain amount of things in a given day. But you're right. It's little things like um, after you, uh, after you make your cup of coffee, make sure that towel is folded in front of the coffee pot when you're done. Mm-hmm. You're right. Little yeah, things just like little, that. little teeny little tiny things. things. And I, I always remember a quote from, a, a, another Navy man, actually. Uh, a he said, captain. make your bed. I can't yeah. remember his name. If you want to change <laughs> the world and you want to change your life, you start by getting up early in the morning and making your bed. Yep. Because if you get up in your mo- in the morning and you make your bed, you have accomplished something and you have made a decision to accomplish a task early in the morning and all you're pretty sure that was an admiral but i can't remember it was an admiral but all you have to do now is continue on that success Mm -hmm. so uh yeah get up in the mornings i think that's the number one thing in the world for everybody uh you got to get up in the morning you know sleeping until 9 and 10 a.m that ain't gonna cut it it's not the day's half over by then. Yeah, you're right. And I'll be the first to tell you, because I suck at getting up in the mornings. When you don't, you have no idea what you're missing out on. Because when you do, even if it's just two days in a row, by you know, mid-morning that second day, you're like, holy shit. I feel pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to fucking get some shit done. What do I got to do? Just those those little tiny steps give you um, motivation to take further steps. You know, you know and in the words of Bill Murray, baby steps. You know what else I've noticed? If you get up early in the morning, you got errands to run, you got to go do things. The idiots aren't awake early in the morning. This it's is true. People, it's people who have an agenda and they know how to get, get shit done. done. There's no idiots to deal with. It's it's a wonderful thing. Until because, McDonald's opens and you go for breakfast or whatever. Then well, there's say, a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get your business done before 9 or 10 a.m., that's the best time to do it. Yeah, it's because I'm still asleep. <laughs> you ain't got to fuck. You ain't got to fuck a deal with me. I'm still asleep. Go get your shit done. I'm gonna have you drinking beer, otherwise. 
when I go trucking, it's nice to be moving early in the morning because there's just less traffic, less people out there. And again, the people who are out there early in the morning are trying to get somewhere. Well, I don't know how early you're talking, but I know Jocko's early is, uh, or his normal is um, doing a four mile run down the beach at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, I'm not getting up at no 4.30 in the morning. Well, I don't think he did. I think he got up at four in the morning. But (laughs) 6.30. Yeah, that's reasonable. I start work at 6.30, man. Do you? Yeah. So what time are you off then? Usually around 6 at the latest. Okay. 12-hour shifts? About that, yeah. Do you work a Panama schedule? No. That's five days a week? Yeah, usually I work about five days a week, but sometimes more. Usually it ends up about six days. So you're working 12 hours a day, almost six days a week? Close to it. Damn. They pay you hourly? No. I'm salary. Ain't that a bitch? It is. I don't know. There are perks to it, though, ain't there, man? Yeah. I thought I would, when when I first went salary beforehand, I was apprehensive because, like, man, I work a lot of fucking hours. I'm going to miss out on that overtime. I look, and, you know, I'm looking at the salary they're offering me, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's, you decide to take it, and you're like, oh, wait, this is pretty badass. Yeah, this is yeah. way better. Yeah, it um, is. It is. Especially when you got the work from home deal going third. It's shoot. It's amazing. I I don't bat an eye when I have to call into a meeting at eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. Sure, bring it on. It's fine. I don't care. I'm so happy I don't have to do that as much. But anyways, enough with work because <coughs> yeah. all that jazz. Yeah. Fuck all that. How much time we got on this call? So, on this one, we're sitting at 54, so we're roughly around an hour. We're about an hour and 25 or minutes so. Almost. Yeah. Shoot. We packed on some time, didn't we? So, and I also created a show note list to kind of go through a couple things. I did see things. that. I was following along with you there on some things. Dude. All so right. Well, I... thank y'all for listening to us. Uh, we're going to turn off the red light and chat for a little bit longer. Later. Maybe. Here's my wife's boobies. Thank you. Peace.